are all weirdos. Weird science is the revolution. Weird science is the revolution. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Weird Science Marvel Comics Podcast. This is episode 13 with a legacy number of 513. I'm here with my man, Matt, to start things up. What up, Matt? What up, Jim? What up? And we have a bunch of issues. We have a couple new number ones. Me and you are even going to get the fun of gang war <laughs> as we get into this week's books. But we do have two new number ones. Me and you are going to be talking about the Thunderbolts number one. Me and Gray are going to talk about the Century number one. They're kind of that weird play that both of those do have some sort of movies and things coming out. And we're going to talk about the idea, at least with the Thunderbolts, that it's kind of morphed into a book that kind of ties more into the movie and that might not be a great thing when we go and do it it also might not be the greatest of creative teams in my mind but that might be a vendetta i'm not sure but (laughs) if everybody listening if you want to follow us on twitter you can go over to weird science dc follow us we'll follow you back that's kind of the main play right now Also check out our YouTube channel, Weird Science Comics. And then if you like what you hear, you can go over to our Patreon. Help us out, patreon.com slash weird science. All that stuff will be in the show notes. And I do think the way things are laying this week, I do think we might have at least one Patreon exclusive spotlight type of deal on the Patreon because I believe the Avengers this week I will be doing later on. You getting back into that one? Man, yeah. Me and it, it's the thing. Zach ended up getting a hold of me because me and Zach do that together. And he got a hold of me. He's like, "Oh man, where do you get a load of this one?" Now we were. I think we missed the last issue because yeah, maybe. we ran out of time. Yeah. And so that's why I don't want to end up where we don't do it at all. But because of when the podcast comes out and things like that, I don't want to wait for that. But I also don't want to skip it. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm not really enjoying it. <laughs> it's not great. I know people love Jed McKay, but it's it's a little it's a little wacky. But we're gonna get a lot of wacky on uh, this show because we're gonna start out. And we're gonna start with the Gang War, the Amazing Spider Man number thirty nine. This Gang War, it, it's not starting out like hitting all the cylinders going forward. It, it kind of is a head scratcher of why they're doing it except for the idea that it might be a cash grab i don't know Mm -hmm. i'm still kind of like the idea i said when you start an event like this does the event need to be there to get this big story or are you just making up the big story to try to make an event it feels like the latter it feels like a lot of this stuff is kind of on the side stuff that then becomes big i mean i don't know if everybody out there is you know really excited about the ringmaster and what he's up to right or <laughs> or the idea of mariah trying to take over a tombstone's territory i don't know that that's something that everybody's that excited about but that's what we're getting and and there's a little spider-man involved as well but the issue is written by zeb wells pencils by john ramita jr which is cool and me and you mm-hmm. actually have defended john ramita jr on this book a lot more uh than a lot of other people and i actually do like his art in this i think that we haven't seen him in a bit he had his his dad uh, you know pass away unfortunately but also i think that he's been working he's been working on these these this yeah this. you can tell there's a uh-huh. lot going on and it's oversized too scott han on inks colors by marceo menez and dc's joe Carmania on letters so we start out and 
when we first start out, you do get Ringmaster. He's going around and like a piece of crap. He is mind controlling people, just random people. You have this poor couple who looks like looks like they're in their late fifties. They can barely walk. Yeah, they're trying to get the hell out of the city's on fire, and they're trying to get out. <laughs> Ringmaster just comes in there looking like a schmuck, by the way, and he just ends up mind controlling them. You will be my army. Here, have a gun. They're like, all right, lock and loaded. I don't know that that's a great army that's going on there. Like, even if you mind control me, I'm not going to be able to shoot a gun very well. That's not a guess a Uzi, I think. I mean, this thing is, this is serious. Just because you're mind controlling me doesn't (laughs) mean I'm going to know how to do something. So you have that with Ringmaster. He's going against the crime master. I said to you, it's like, you know, the master baiters here. You end up where master (laughs) versus master. You got aim guys going. And because I guess you don't want to just think that, I mean, legitimately, these aim guys, they should just be killing these regular citizens of New York who have been mind controlled with the guns. So you have to have some sort of problem. And you get jokey because these guns. That you end up having Crime Master give to the AIM guys are Imagine Ray guns. Yeah. And so you have to visualize the projectiles. But when the AIM guy says, well, I want them to shoot bullets. Oh, that's the one thing you can't imagine. Just imagine plasma or acid. Acid. The guy yells, I don't want to shoot that. And when you're looking at it, don't really see a lot of that being shot. They look like regular bullets to me. Yeah, it just looks like, but it looks like a lot of them aren't even firing, but the some that are, they're just like, it's silly. It, it is the play, and, and most of this, I mean, it, it does end up being a little eye-rolling silly at points, but also when we then go and see Spider-Man, Miles Spider-Man, you also say, and I'm saying Peter, Miles, you have She-Hulk, Elektra, <laughs> and Jessica Drew, Spider-Woman, I'm like, how did these get together? I know that at the end of the Jessica Drew Spider-Woman book, Spidey went and said, hey, there's these gangs. They're kind of having a war. You want to join in? And she said, mm-hmm. yeah, as long as I can do my thing with Diamondback and I'll go. And that was fine. But Electra and She-Hulk and Miles just basically said to Peter in that first strike, go suck an egg. I'm yeah, out of here. I don't need Now you. he's there with them to then tell him to suck an egg again. I'm like, really? <laughs> like, why would you do that? But it felt like we missed something, especially with She-Hulk there. And like I said, like it makes sense. These are New York characters, but it just felt weird. And I don't know that the the characterizations are just a little too exaggerated here. You end up having Jennifer, who it seems like Zeb Wells thinks is such a minor character that you have to really push in with the lawyer talk just so we know. And it felt over the top. Electra basically does nothing. She kind of there and goes. Mm-hmm. And the others, at one point, anybody who has their own book will just skedaddle. They'll be like, yeah. they might as well say, hey, by the way, I'm going to head over to my own book right now <laughs> and go. But Jen's left with, with Peter, and it just ends up becoming jokey. It ends up where Jen is yelling law stuff and whatever. And I, we get it. But. It just didn't feel right. And it, it felt like the idea where Zeb Wells, he's like, we said it before, the idea that he always has to get jokey. And so they said in this one, 
make sure that well, then again the, the ringmaster and them that that was kind of jokey too but oh yeah you end up where okay spider-man he's quippy so you have all the things at one point there's just this running gag of peter hiding behind she-hulk and i'm telling you that's not a gag i i'd hide behind she-hulk <laughs> she's humongous Right? Like, why yes. wouldn't he? And she, are you behind? And it felt like weird the way it was being played is supposed to be that joke that Peter's cowering behind her. But it, to me, it, it almost felt like, do you have my back kind of talk? Like, are you behind me? Are you behind me? He's like, yeah, I told you I'm behind you. I'm going to tell everybody you're behind me. Then they start the deal. Well, there's never been an instance where Peter is a coward in any, any story I've ever read. So he's not really hiding. I'm telling you, the weird play, it's very quick, but it then becomes like the Legolas and Gimli of how many people they ended up taking uh-huh. down or fighting very quick. But I'm like, didn't feel like either She-Hulk or Spider-Man when that happened. But like I said, Miles is there and they see the city's on fire. They go to try to stop some things. And then again, Miles is like, I don't like you. I'm out of here. I'm like, Why did you come back? Mm-hmm. You already left and then and left and said, you know where I am, but I don't like you. Comes back to now say, you know where I am and I don't like you and goes off. Everybody's going to go to their own territory. But the big play, if you're going to be interested in the story, probably will be if you're interested in, you know, these gangsters. If you're interested and some I like Tombstone and Tombstone in the series has been good. But again, Ringmaster, Crime Master, Mariah. Janice is interesting in the bit where she wants to kind of step it up. And by the end of this, it does feel like she's taking advantage. Like she's upset her dad got shot, but she's happy that she can finally step up. And it, yeah, she got a taste for it. Now she doesn't want to give it up. Yeah. And she, she has in the, the big play here is that you do end up having Janice, um, White Rabbit. They're going to end up trying to take a lot more than just their territory janice played that idea that she's going to keep her father's stuff but she's also got eyes on mariah's stuff and it goes back and forth but i again is that many people interested were people reading this book at points saying i really need to see what ringmaster's doing and it just feels like it's there to just make an event Mm -hmm. one thing i have to tell you and i i fully admit they mentioned kareem and Kareem was a guy that was at the beginning of the run where his name kept being mentioned at one point, Spidey. He helped, he helped Peter at one. I thought he died. I actually went to look up and I thought they made a mistake, but out of nowhere, he's there yelling to, I read, you know, stop with the umbrella, just get a gun. She's yelling, but it made, yeah, I forgot about that. Kind guy. Of yeah. I remember he has the bullseye on his head. Like he was a wacky guy that keeps coming up. Oh yeah. He had the tattoo on his head. Yeah. Right. yeah I actually guy. thought he was dead, but when I looked up the appearance, he's been in a bunch of other issues that I must not have been paying attention and didn't see him or, or do that. But Janice is starting to get a little over the top. She's also going to be upset. Somebody in, in, you know, these enemies, somebody of the crime deal did take out, she doesn't really know it was, you know, Hammerhead, but she's there and I'm sure she's still upset about Randy getting shot. Also, yeah. her dad got shot. So she is saying, and at this deal, she takes Mariah. I love grabs this part. her, drops and her, flies up and just drops her. There, there's <laughs> weird things this week. There's that she should be dead. Mariah <laughs> should be dead, but they're like, oh, she's alive. I'm like, 
Why would you do that? She's alive because she's screaming in pain, wailing on the ground with every bone in her body broken. That is crazy. But again, why do this scene if you're not just going to end up killing her? I think that it would have been a bigger thing for her to just start just killing people. And she is. She's a villain. She's maybe there maybe uh, Janice thought she was going to fly because she's wearing that cape. So Yeah, maybe. she does have the cape. Would be funny. She like, looks like you fly. <laughs> she looks like somebody from Krypton or, or, or one of the new gods. I like when she's, she does. She actually <laughs> even looks like like a granny goodness. Yeah, there. granny she goodness. Does her. So it is kind of a cool play. And again, the things that I end up kind of liking in this are going, they end up being the characters that I already kind of like even from this run, like Janice. Janice has had the progression that I can get behind all the things that happen, especially with the father, the wedding. So I, I care more about her than, say, Mariah or Ringmaster or Cremaster, but I do like the line where she says, I'm going to show you that I'm taking everything like you you guys ended up and one of you tried to kill my father and I'm taking it to you. And OK, I'll tell him. Mariah's like, OK, and like, no, no, you're going to show him. It just drops her there. It was badass. So I, I did like that. And that's a good way to go then to Randy, who is there and he's in a coma. Robbie's there at bedside. And that's where you get to him still and wakes up. What is what is Tombstone thinking going on outside when he's standing in the room until the point when Robbie says, "Look outside," because he's there with the windows. The, I, the curtains seem to be, but they're not over Robbie's shoulder. The city is on it's, fire. It's on fire. I mean, it looks like it. Tombstone comes in. He's like, "Hey, what's up? What's happening?" Oh, and again, one of the what plays in this that's kind of funny is that. Tombstone has actually been the nicer guy because he does end up, yeah, he's Tombstone, but he has kind of made concessions and tried to be nice to Robbie. But every time he does, Robbie has to like throw it back at him. He just snaps at him. Right? Because Mm -hmm. in this, he ends up where Tombstone, who almost was killed, says, oh, no, they got your son, too. They're going to pay for that. And. Robbie's like, oh, I'm going to stab you with a pitch. I'm like, why are you going to that? You even mentioned that's from so long ago yeah. that you're referencing stuff in like 1990. And Tombstone seems to be getting past that a bit more <laughs> than Robbie. But he <laughs> says, I'm going to you know, break whoever did that to Randy. I'm going to break them in half. And again, in my mind, I think Tombstone's also thinking that whoever did it probably did it to him as well. You know, it's probably the same people. but also. Probably wants to break everybody in half But Mm -hmm. when you're going with that You have again Randy's like Oh man well your daughter she's okay But she's a jerk and this And that and you might want to look outside Because I'm going to need to use it because we got To stop this gang war again The city is on fire And it's right there and he's like Huh and he looks out the window and he's like Damn the bastards did it And so the whole play is There's a funny ending to the scene where he's like Get me my pants no, you get your own pants. I'm like, what is going on in uh, this story? Like, you know what I mean? I kind of giggle, but even then, I'm like, why are why are you wasting time with that? And you, Sebwell's never set this whole thing up. Yeah, you had the tombstone stuff at the very beginning, but that kind of got pushed aside for nonsense, for Paul, for dark web and talking mailboxes to the wedding to miss marvel to boom 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 and then we get to this and you realize yeah you didn't really set much of this up but tombstone being up and about that's pretty cool i Mm -hmm. mean that's a big moment and then we go off because 
one of the other things that happens is the monster metropolis under Murray Hill. They're like, even then, I'm like, now you're, you're doing it again. You're doing nonsense. So like limbo stuff. Yeah, whatever. we don't Just... need monster metropolis. You mm-hmm. have enough going on and enough, you know, not enough room, it seems, to set up these other gangs. Do that, but. A monster is not a gang. It's just no. not. A, it's just we got enough gangs. We don't need this gang. Whatever this is, is this gang war? Is it monster mash? Yeah. I don't need monster mash. So you, you have, and it feels like what is going on is Zeb Wells is getting together maybe with Cody Ziggler because he's nonsense, and they're like, okay, well we have these things that need to happen with the gangsters, but throwing She Hulk and Spider Man into that mix is going to disturb that. So what can we do? Monster Mash, and they go over to do this because why would you have Spider Man and She Hulk in this whole play fighting monsters? And mm-hmm. they're it looks great. Me and you really like this is where you realize, like, yeah, uh, John Maynard Jr. had a lot to draw, and he does a really, really good job. But this yeah, is where excellent. Peter's behind her, and then you get all these things. And while that's going on, mysterious guy sees this, he's being told Tombstone's awake, he runs off to then again go to Janice, where you know, I guess Lincoln got his pants. He shows up and says, hey, baby girl, I'm, I'm alive. She hugs him, then starts talking about how, hey, when you were down and out, I decided what we're going to do. He gets a little upset about that, but then kind of like says, oh, yeah, my little girl's growing up. They hug again. And then you have Janice go off to kick some butt as as you get Tombstone in a very nefarious, like, shady way, tell White Rabbit, hey, take care of her, which could mean watch her back and don't let her die or, or take care of her. Kill her. Yeah. So yeah. it's I'll give Zebwell's credit there that that's a pretty good line to like, oh, crap, because at that point, Tombstone's upset. And will Tombstone go that far with the idea of somebody trying to. Push him around yeah, Take out his own own daughter and, and yeah Would he do that And I, I don't think so In this case She's not doing I mean the guy Was in a coma She's an ally If anything Thinks mm. Yeah So I think that is that Or maybe My rabbit knows The idea that When things like this Happen They have to be taught I don't know But we'll see We'll see how it goes Because he does look upset When they all leave And then we go And get Madame Mask For a second Which this might be the funny. That this is funny because it's not really over the top funny. Mm-hmm. But Madame Mask is now, now wants to get you know get moving, so she grabs Hammerhead and just walks him down the stairs. His head hits every stair. Yeah, and he's he's breaking the, the baluster banister things too. Like he's it's brutal. Yeah, he's just it's so bad. He's not dead. He's sitting there oh. like, oh, my men <laughs> will come trail get of blood. you. I'm a made man. Just that blood. You have all that going on. Yeah, his men are already screwed. Yeah, she throws him into this room or garage yeah. or whatever And says, is. oh, you mean these guys? Like here. And he's like, no. <laughs> and then, yeah. I'm a made man. Like, They're going to come rescue me. No. Yeah, it's like, so. no, these guys, I don't think so. So then you go and you have the aftermath of Monster Mash Battle, where, again, you're going to have Jennifer. How many people did you take down? I took down all these people. I'm going to tell people you were behind me. Who, who is she going to tell? I mean, I'm really asking you. Who is she? They were telling Luke Cage, I think, is who they were She's telling. She's saying you're going to tell everybody. Like, what would Luke Cage care? He doesn't care. He stop your nonsense. Like, if I'm in the middle of a battle and Luke Cage is there, I'm going to get behind Luke Cage. He's bulletproof. And so if it's She-Hulk, I'm getting behind She-Hulk. They're firing guns and all this crap and my... 
Ay-yi-yi, but Tombstone shows up and says, hey, Spidey, I think that we're going to have to team up again. And then Jen's like, what? What? You guys teamed up before? Hey, it's a long story. Boom, boom, boom. And off we go. And <laughs> that's the end. Again, it doesn't really do much of like a grand scheme of an issue. Like I, if I sat there and said, because the main story to me, even though you have the Miles book and the things, the real big stuff should be happening in this amazing Spider-Man book. It's oversized. And you kind of just... You know, fart around, you have Monster Mash, you have a bunch of jokes. And I don't really feel like this is as big as what they're trying to tell us it is. And it really feels like it's unnecessary. I need to see more than just people bickering. And again, when you have Ringmaster and Crime Master, does anybody really care what would happen there? I no. do care about, you know, Tombstone. Let's see what's happening there. But him, he's going to be teaming up with uh, Spidey. But we had other things like, we thought maybe Norman was involved, some big, big thing, but we haven't seen that yet. And like I said, even Jen being there feels out of nowhere and boom, you know, we have this team. But it does. And they called himself the Spiders, including Electra and, and, and She Hawk. That, yeah. that doesn't make much sense, does it? And no. so with all that, I don't know. What would you give this? That's like uh, Mr. Fantastic calling himself Mr. Fantastic. Exactly. Kinda... Not stretchy, man. <laughs> I'd give this one. Uh, I'd, I'd give this one a seven because maybe a seven and a half because of the art, uh, just because John Romita's back. I'm going to give it a six eight. To me, it's it's the Fantastic Four, but you got nine guys. Like that's what it feels like with these spiders because they're just fudging things. But and the monster stuff was annoying. The art's great. The monster stuff just again, you're showing that you don't even have enough for your main character to do. You don't yeah. have enough for Spider Man to do and. Again, I think it's just because Spider-Man, She-Hulk, they go in and they could just wreck house. And you don't want that because you're having the gangsters against gangsters. But I don't think that that's on the top of the list of, of most people reading that they want to see that. So we'll see. We'll see what people think about it. But we'll move on to the next book, which is a new number one. And that new number one is Thunderbolts number one. Written by Jackson Lansing and Colin Kelly with art by Geraldo Borges, colors by Arthur Hesley, and letters by VCs Joe Sabino. And Arthur Hesley is somebody I didn't really know of and I think that is on a couple books this week. So that's kind of cool. Maybe yeah. somebody just breaking in and doing some things. And I'll tell you, the colors are pretty good mm-hmm. in this issue. The, the writing, maybe not so yet. You have this Thunderbolts team. And really, if you if you read the Captain America book by Lansing and Kelly, then this is probably more of your thing. It, me and you both were bored by that. I tried and tried, but I, I just got, again, I got bored. Yeah, I read it. I read all of it, but it's just... <laughs> In this, you are going to reference a lot of things from that. When I first heard, you know, Thunderbolts, I was thinking of, you know, all the other iterations and things like that, where you, you can have a wacky team, you can do some fun stuff. But this ends up having that kind of Lansing and Kelly edge to it. It's kind of like spy stuff or subterfuge. You know, spy craft instead of just yeah. over the top, you know, craziness. So when you do have it, you have the team. And even the team to me, I said to you, man, this team isn't that interesting. You're like, it, it's the movie team. It's the movie. <laughs> Oh God! Even the even the Elaine characters in the movie. I mean, this. Uh, yeah, the Contessa. Contessa. So yeah. you have that now. There is a a weird twist that I don't know they're going to play that in the movie. Probably we'll have not. To see, but and I love Elaine. So there you go. But you start out this book with Bucky 
kind of going through narration. And I will say that a lot of times Lansing and Kelly over narrate things. That's not quite the deal here. You have to narrate a little to get things going in the way that they're doing it as Bucky is going to see the Contessa. He's kind of gathering up this Thunderbolts team. But by the end of this, doesn't feel like an official Thunderbolts team, right? To me, it feels like Bucky and his buddies, uh, you know, hanging out, talking crap on Steve Rogers the whole way, and then trying to take down Red Skull. Yeah, and and Bucky just talks like, um, just unilaterally talks, and nobody nobody else says anything. He just keeps, just has a narrative that runs through, and nobody else can say anything, really. Yep, and it does, like, again, what happens here with Lansing and Kelly, in my mind, you do have, you know, pretty cool action going on. I mean, Legitimately, this is Bucky gathering a team to storm a Nazi castle to take down Red Skull. That seems mm-hmm. like a lot of fun. Somehow, Lansing and Kelly get their mitts on it, and it's not as fun as you would think. And it has to be the dialogue. But I can't really. The only thing that I can say is that nobody really feels like themselves or unique amongst this team. And like you said, Bucky is there to just drive them forward, mm-hmm. and everything does feel like. Remember when you would play a video game and. You know, it was like on rails. You'd have a shooter, but it pushed you forward and you just kind of, that's what it feels like. It feels like there's this crazy thing pulling you forward and through this whole adventure type deal to go storm the castle that it doesn't really feel like it's real. It just feels like it's happening to them without them really being involved, even to the point where, you know, you start out and get. Contessa. You get Contessa Allegra de Fontaine. She is there. She's going to join the team. Bucky and her, you know, at gunpoint, and they kind of convince, like, man, I like the cut of your jib. Let's go. Then they head towards Argentina, where you have this Nazi base. Yeah. And you have this Nazi base here (laughs) with the Red Skull. You have a bunch of Hydra slash Nazis around. And then, boom, you end up having Sharon Carter, the destroyer. Sharon Carter that ended up in that run of Captain America, the Sentinel of Liberty. So you end up, she just shows up. Yeah, but even the Nazi thing felt weird because usually you're like you said, it's Hydra in the Marvel Universe. It's never really Nazis. And that's then when there's destruction and blowing up, they are blowing up Hydra containers to then jump back. That's true. It's a weird mix here of Nazis and Hydra. But again, you, you get Sharon. So. Right now, you have Bucky, you have the Contessa, and you have Sharon Carter, and they're all talking crap on Steve Rogers. They are through. So it, it doesn't have that, in my mind, the Thunderbolts and any team like this, you know, like a Suicide Squad, even things like that. The fun is the different people who are forced together to be a team. That This just, again, this feels more of Bucky and his adventurous, you know, foursome. They're there, they kind of have the same deal, they have a pass together. It just feels like it's too on the money that way. The original concept of the Thunderbolts is villains that are now reformed or posing as heroes, which I don't think this team is that. It kind of is. But <laughs> not really. Like, you know what I mean? It's weird. Yeah. Sharon's and, not a criminal. Yeah, but yet the play they're playing is she's the new destroyer. So, you know, because yeah. Roger Aubrey got just oh, she's it's weird. It's it feels like fudging it. But like I said, I mean, you end up where Sharon and Bucky and they have a pass, and that that does that doesn't give the what I usually like and things like that unique vibe of oh man, they're never going to get along, and how are they going to do this, and how are they going to get 
even when they end up, they're waiting for somebody else. They say, who is the other person? And you have, but, oh, you know, he's going to show up later. But then when he does show up, because it seems like it's the Red Guardian, Bucky doesn't know how he knew how to show up. They ask him, how did you know we were here? Oh, White Widow told me. And then like, <laughs> oh, okay. But, and then, but it seems like he's in. But again, then you have Red Guardian. Like you said, it's more of the movie type squad. I think his name's David Balfour, the guy from Stranger Things. That's the, this, the, what this character is. Yeah, this. and I like that guy, but <laughs> you're just doing that here. And yeah, he's just yelling his thing. He's kind of the comedy relief, though I don't think Lansing and Kelly are that funny. And But I'm telling you, the visuals, for the most part, are cool at points. You do end up even at a point where you have these Nazis go and attack and you have, you know, the super Nazi guys and the Red Skull guys come out and they end up at one point jumping on the Contessa and it looks like she's going to be shot in the face where she then reveals, oh, you don't know this. But they have that connection because she has the connection with Red Skull. And uh, she says the Contessa actually died years ago. I'm a backup in a body that's kind of a construct slash robot android and her her yeah. face opens up with a gun coming out and she just blows this guy away and you end up where Bucky and Sharon are just like I didn't know that and like neither did I but I think I like her more and then they just keep going again there's such a it's on forward rails. push on rails yeah. to get through this to get to Red Skull because then by the end you realize this is just kind of a wow moment attempt to be a wow moment issue you would want that in the first issue where people would be impressed or like, oh, that's really cool. But by the end, you realize we didn't really accomplish much, but they're there and you're going to play this play of them really. I said it bothered me that they were bad mouthing Steve so much. Oh, you didn't tell Steve about this, did you? I didn't tell that guy because he's too goody goody of that. And you go all. And when you get into the castle, all of a sudden it looks like Steve has joined them. He ends up there's an airdrop, says, here comes our guy, and you have. The whole play with the shield until when it hits and Bucky punches it as if it's like a, a thing they plan, but again, it doesn't feel like they yeah, knew I didn't know what this was going was gonna on. Go on. You know what I mean? It, he ends up coming down and then you have Bucky punches the shield with his, you know, metal arm, and then you end up where Sharon says, Steve, and then yet even better. It could have been US agent too, because he's also in the movies. Or TV show. I thought it was U.S. Agent at yeah. first. I thought, but again, that might give you a little bit of that, you know, tension. Red Guardian shows up to yuck it up for the most part. <laughs> I kind of need something a little more than yucking it up. But again, they start saying, "Hey," and and there's going to be a joke here where Sharon's like, "If he's the backup, who's next? Bat Rock the Leaper?" And also, Sharon curses a lot, and that's redacted. It kind of gets annoying. I'd yeah, rather like have Wingdings than that, the black mm-hmm. lines. So you end up where the Red Guardian says, if there is backup here, it's all of you. The operation is mine. And then Bucky says, is it? Who exactly told you about this op, Alexa? I thought you did, Bucky. You said that this guy was coming earlier, <laughs> so I thought that this was a plan. But it wasn't. He's like, oh, your friend White Widow? Okay, that makes sense, and these guys are going to try to Destroy the homeland with their fat. There you go. They're all there fighting, but it still, it doesn't feel like a Thunderbolts team. It just feels like random characters that have got together to go take down Red Skull as they go and just knock heads. Then they do run into Red Skull, 
And you get Bucky punching him like he's Hitler. You get that, you know, visual, which, again, didn't really do much for me. But they end up taking down the Red Skull. I mean, as they're doing their quippy dialogue back and forth, they end up taking him down. He's talking all this crap. They unmask him and pretty much shoot him right in the face. And at that point, I'm like, okay, well, at least that's pretty badass. I mean, you're Mm -hmm. going, you know, pretty big with that. But then they have a play. Now, again, who told you, Alexei, about this op? I don't understand why you're here. Oh, White Widow did. Then suddenly you have Bucky. Hey, did you bring that vodka I told you about? (laughs) What's going on? Where were you not talking or, or talking? And so you end up, hey, he says, yeah. I brought the vodka you requested, but yet Bucky seemed to not understand how or why he showed up. I think it should have just been like, hey, here's some vodka because I'm a drunk. He you know? should have said, now that we finish, <laughs> let's celebrate. Bucky would then say, oh, I got better plans because he gets the vodka and makes a Molotov cocktail to blow up an entire castle yeah. with just one thing of vodka and a, and a lighter. That's not how it works. But no. Hey. That thing's made of stone. I mean, it's not wood. It's a stone castle. <laughs> they don't burn down. You have Red Guardian acting like a schmuck, you know, cheering it up over there. What is this, Thor Ragnarok, the movie? I mean, what is this? <laughs> Seriously, I hear everybody yelling about Love and Thunder and Thor yeah, Ragnarok. Love and Thunder, what about yeah. this? Yeah. <laughs> so it's Bucky Barnes, Love and Red Guardian. I don't know what you'd call it. But you have that, pl- like, again, this is the stuff that drives me nuts with uh, Lansing and Kelly, where he says that the guy is coming. When he shows up, he seems confused of how he joined and how he knew. But yet they got a hold of him to bring vodka. Like, okay, you're you're just doing individual scenes, not really diving and just smashing them together because it doesn't seem. And maybe that's the play of having two writers. Maybe one guy's doing this and that. But wouldn't you read the script the other guy's writing? Very odd. I like the art in this. And then. I struggle I with good. it. I'm like, imagine if Mark Miller had written this. How good it how good it would be. Just don't even have to change, just change all the dialogue and keep the art. Yeah, because the dialogue it's <laughs> it's not terrible, but it's not good. It doesn't do anything for the story. They like I said, the whole thing feels on rails going towards Redstone mm-hmm. and then you you're almost like it's like the Marvel old Marvel way and that at the end you're just jamming in word bubbles where you think they might be able to say it, it doesn't really do much for the overall story or the characters or the combo or anything together. Yeah. So at the yeah. end they're legitimately walking away from an entire huge castle that is now blowing up because of one thing of vodka and a lighter don't tell me that on the other side there there were bombs because then you wouldn't need the vodka. You already have a lighter. You already have that. It's, it's just there to be these big plays. Really, what I thought was he just was pissed off and wanted to burn those Nazi flags. But mm-hmm. yet, everything on fire. It's all coming down. Red Guardians cheering. And then you get the play at the end of, oh, you thought that was the real Red Skull? Well, I always come back and now... OG might be back. Ha ha. I'm here in what looks like, don't know. It looks like the down under of the Goonies. Like, next thing you know, oh, you're going to yeah. see a pirate ship and, and Sloth is going to come out with a baby Ruth. It's, it's <laughs> ridiculous. I, I actually thought I'd like this a little more than when we start going through this because it's not good. And no. maybe you could say that Lansing and Kelly are forced in with this team that just to me isn't that interesting anyway as a combo team here 
but they really didn't do much with yeah, it. Yeah, we were talking about earlier, but when I read uh, movie tie-ins, I like Ralph Macchio to, to write them, not, the, not these guys. I like Ralph <laughs> Macchio doing them because I know they're going to be nonsense and I can laugh at them. And we did mention, just as an aside, we didn't see a Ralph Macchio Marvel's book come out. And that's no, odd because he always, it, all, it feels like he has a weird contract that anytime a movie comes out, he gets a one shot that ties into nothing. It, it just, that's part of the contract. <laughs> Write something so much nonsense that it doesn't tie into anything current with the books or the movie. <laughs> just do it. But he didn't do that. Maybe because of the delays and stuff with that mm-hmm. or whatnot. Or he said maybe he just didn't want to get involved. Like mm-hmm. the, the Marvels were so bad and I, that he didn't want to get involved with this nonsense. <laughs> but what would you give this? Oh, man, it's tough. I think my score actually went down us talking about it. I, I'd give it a, I'd give it a 5.5. Now I'm giving it a 5. A yeah. 5 as just a generic a five. 5. It could get better. Yeah. I mean, I, it seems like it should feel bigger because of Red Skull, but maybe because even when they talk about Steve and Steve would, when, and he's not involved, but you're just his girlfriend is going around murdering people. I mean, it's like, OK, and talking trash on Steve that yeah. she's keeping it from him. I mean, they are actually joking in this. You got best friend, girlfriend going around blowing up castles. At, yeah, Nazi castles, but still blowing up castles, shooting people in the face of their laughing, <laughs> teaming up with Red Guardian. It's- and thinking about it, it makes me even more angry because it's just a continuation of their, their series. And they're presenting it in, in, which, in a way that it's not. This is Thunderbolts number one, but it's really not. Yeah, it, it's Captain America, Sentinel of, of Liberty, whatever the deal. Part two. Was, part two. And yeah. here, this, this might be a spoiler to some. I, I hate spoiling. That failed. It was canceled. Yeah, when that thing ended, I was expecting something new, not the continuation when, yeah, of it. When things get canceled, that means it probably wasn't selling. And if it's not selling, who is this for? Because I bailed, so I even had to look up. I'm like, what the hell? Mm-hmm. Oh, I see an issue 10. Sharon ended up seeing, like I said, Roger Aubrey go down. So now she's the destroyer, which doesn't jive in my head at all, having her be that. So, eh. I'm down to a 4.5. I'm going if down to 5. Sit, <laughs> if we sit here long enough, I'm going to be in the negatives. <laughs> that is it. We still have another book to do, so we'll move on to that right about now. And the last book that me and you are going to talk about, Matt, is Daredevil number 4. And we've talked about this book and talked about the idea that me personally, I need something to grab me mm-hmm. to really make this book feel like I have to read it. And I'll tell you right now, it doesn't really happen in this issue either. But we have been talking, and a lot of people had a big problem at that point when Electra ended up getting, you know, possessed by that demon. And people thought it was something a little more than what we thought it might have been. We talked about the idea that it looks like with Matt coming back from hell after he sacrificed his life pretty much and his soul to get all of his friends and loved ones safe, he ended up coming back. And we thought, okay, it seems like this might be the seven deadly sins coming and attacking Matt and possessing mm-hmm. people that he loves and doing things. And we said it really felt like sloth, the idea of Electra, because remember that crazy demon and in a visual looked really cool the way I that like it, it was done, ended up, it kept saying to Matt again, ah, just settle down. Why don't you rest? Oh, you know, you're doing too much. Nobody cares. And it really felt like, you know, trying to make Matt lazy. And we kept talking about this and uh, I ended up getting in arguments with people and people were saying that we were full of crap and we were waiting and waiting. And the last issue, we said that definitely Ben Yurick, something is controlling him. Something is 
doing what he's, you know, it's not like him to really go over the top and try to, you know, shame Daredevil to get these things going. And we find out that we were 100% right. I like yes. being right. And in <laughs> this, we find out that he's definitely being controlled. And it oh, seems yeah. like by the deadly sin of envy. At one point, we were talking that it was either going to be like envy or greed. He has control of the Daily Bugle. But I said it even at the one point, he seemed like really big on trying to like be bigger and better than clicks. other people and things like that. And it ends up, it's definitely the clicks. And it's also having like a fancy car to get people jealous because you know he envies them oh they have all that i have this and even at a point in this you do and you do see this whole demon and a lot of times when you do see the the deal the sin of envy it is a bunch of snakes so you end up having that look and also talking about at one point oh my brothers meaning to me the other sins my brothers are trying to do this and whatnot but a big play of the Sin of Envy was with Cain and Abel And obviously brothers So I, I think that all that plays out And it looks like we were definitely right And I like being right So there you go Good. Take that everyone But here we go Yeah, I just wanted to start with a little gloat <laughs> So we'll get into this Daredevil number 4 Written by Saladin Ahmed Herman Peralta on art Jesus Erbatov on colors And VCs Clayton Coles on letters It's still though this overall book I, I get that he wants to have this biblical deal he wants to have the religious aspect of matt we have the father matt as the priest but it's not doing anything for me to get the book any bit more exciting than it would have been the idea that he's running this you know kids home and things like that it just feels like it's just weighing a lot of things down Mm -hmm. and it's just pulling matt in all these directions which that could be a cool enough story of its own but i don't know that i need to go from things like oh my god ben yurik he's controlled by the demon sin of envy to then go to find out oh my god butch kingpin's son who's now the kingpin he's going to be killed to then go and you know check out on a girl the girl at the home is shoplifting for him to just go and say, hey, I've, I'll never give up on you. I, I, I got your back and let's go. Like, I don't need that. It, it's just a weird play. Then when we end up going into the big thing of, you know, Matt confronting Ben Yurik, you even have at one point like a an exorcism, but it's not even that cool. Like, it's weird for me to say it. It was an exorcism. That's what it was. But that's and it's just daredevil with a cross saying you know be gone demon and we kind of saw that already he was doing that with electra and and what we think is sloth so when you see this it's like more of the same and now i'm thinking we're we gonna have to go through this that many more times and even then when you start this Four issue, more times yeah when you start this issue you do end up having matt and i don't know also are you that into the gang the heat because i'm not I mean, no. this idea of the heat, they are government sponsors. I don't like the they basketball the team, and I don't like the gang. Exactly. I don't need that. I like icy <laughs> hot. I don't like that. He- like heating pads. Actually, I do like heating pads, and I love heated blankets, but I don't like – I hate the Miami heat, so we'll go with that. You like spicy so, stuff. That's heat. Too. Yeah. It doesn't like me, but I like it. So <laughs> you end up where at the beginning there is the part, and we're playing – Sound and Meta is playing this play of almost all at night. When Matt becomes there, he's he's vicious. You, we've even talked about the idea that he might unknowingly be possessed as well at points. Yeah, because he is over the top violent, and he curses a lot. Yeah, he curses <laughs> a lot, even to the kids in this. Yeah, and it's very odd. 
Uh, but he's got he's this guy. Batman. Yeah. And he's like, what's going on to reveal that he's holding him over the ledge? Of course. I mean. I mean, you want to get even more? He then looks up and there's lightning going. <laughs> he might as well just jump as he does. Actually, does. He's he Batman and Spider-Man combined flying around the city with Exactly. Webs. And he's just whipping around. He's doing He's over the top violent. He realizes that he's that. But it's almost like, hey. And he says, when I am the devil, I got to play my part. He goes on his way. But in even that, look at his reflection in that building. It's a devil. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's crazy, right? So, yeah. yeah, glowing eyes and yeah. even bigger horns. So is that is that right there? Are you seeing what might be a little... There's something going on. And, and, and just to flip before, I, so I don't forget, if you look at the Envy uh, monster, it's got the daredevil symbol on her, its forehead. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't so, that crazy? And it's like, yeah. it's kind of faded a little to do that. So might these be, as Matt came back to be father... Matt, that these are not just the sins, but they're Matt's sins. Yeah. That that they end up being Matt Murdoch's sins personified into the demons of the seven deadly sins to then go and possess his friends and family and loved ones might be. Mm-hmm. It really might be that. Again, when you had that sloth talking, it was kind of not that it wasn't trying to manipulate Matt and do that, but it was like, come on, Matt, just relax. Like you're doing yeah, too much. Out, like buddy. that. And maybe it's a little more, like you said, the idea that it is him and and stuff. So we'll have to see. We'll have to see what's going on there. And as he ends up taking all of these down, maybe he's also getting, well, I don't know. But you have Ben, and he is, you know, pretty much in, again, the Daily Bugle, who wants to get clicks, right? Okay, we get it. The idea that print is dead, they're (laughs) kind of going the idea that they're playing any sort of idea that the Daily Bugle has never now they're going with Ben. You're always the truth seeker. You're always doing, but the Daily Bugle kind of known to be this kind of paper anyway with Jay Jonah with Spider Man. So don't give me the idea that they've never been a clickbait thing even before that was such a thing. You'd have menace on every single paper every, on the deal. So it's just playing what is normally the Daily Bugle, but Ben's doing it, and that throws Matt comes. And he says at this point that Ben doesn't recognize him. Ben doesn't know. So that's something that we've been wondering. Do people know that this is Matt Murdock? But if they, we said it doesn't solve the problem because what do they think then? Where is it on record? How, where do they think he grew up? What do they think he did? Like, and I'm talking the church, but maybe the church isn't on it as well. I don't know. It's weird that mm-hmm. whole. Play of it. But Electra knew. Electra remember, but then again, she was in hell with I I don't know. So they, uh, you end up going and he ends up realizing that yes, Ben is being controlled by what looks like envy, the sin of envy, a demon that he's gonna have to end up, you know, doing an exorcism for. In the meantime, he gets a call from Robbie, Ben does, and the story about, hey, we heard a tip that there's gonna be a play, a hit out on Butch, the mm-hmm. new kingpin, kingpin's son. And you even have that deal. It seems like, well, I'm going to go to the police and tell them. So it does. And no, 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 you don't go to the police. This is our story. We're going to do it. In the meantime, it seems like the police are in on it anyway. But Matt hears this. Matt, see, like, just look at that deal. Just look at the demon that is there caressing Ben's. Oh, I didn't even notice that. Yeah, you're right. right. And just doing that. And then Matt decides, I'll deal with this later. I'll go later. 
But he knows the demon's there. He, he sensed it. It just feels like he knows this, but he's like, eh, it'll be fine. Like, it's weird for him to not just exorcism right here, right now. And he is going there as Father Matt. He could have. Just pull out the cross and do it. He's just there. Do it. You're letting your friend, well, one of your closest friends, just be possessed at this point to go and try to stop a murder. Well, he's going to go buy that car. Look at it, look on the computer. Look what he's looking at there. <laughs> yeah, he is. He's, he's shopping buy, online. He's going to buy that car. Just <laughs> show us up in that car. Uh, but yeah, he, Matt just leaves him. He's like, I'll get to this later. He's like, I'm going to let him spend 500 grand on the car before. It's uh, weird. I'll let him do that <laughs> and have this crazy demon. And so the other play here, though, is that Matt goes and says, yeah. And he's like, oh, you want to talk to us? Yeah. You know, I've been following your career. He doesn't want to say that he knows him, knows him because of all the things going down. But he's like, hey, I've been following your career. And you, Mr. Yurik, uh, you were a guy that seeked out the truth. You always ended up. And the play is he's coming there for slander. And the, the Ben Yurik is playing out this idea that this story, like, just imagine me and you are, you know, we get together to record. I'm like, did you hear the crazy hot gossip about that? That house for wayward kids that I think they're grooming and, and raising thieves. You'd be like, mm-hmm. what the hell is that? You would, what kind of clickbait is that? Who's clicking on that? Nobody. The big play is, oh my God, this, this wayward, it's, it's a nothing story. I don't know why they're trying to make it seem like it's this big thing. We got to get them clicks. Now, Kingpin maybe, you know, getting killed and I'm keep talking saying it's Butch. That's a, but what's the story there if you just let it happen? It's very odd. It's, it's a very odd play overall of how you're trying to force some of these things into this book where you still end up, well, we got to go help the kids and then we got to do this. And it's just weird because then what happens is Matt then goes and he gets dressed up. Daredevil stuff he says it's weird during the day. He's going to knock some heads to find out about. Who's going after Butch? If they end up, are, are you government funded? It must be the heat. All of that. Right in the middle of that, he gets a call and he's got to go down to the police prince precinct because the girl who is there and, and has been, I think that's the same girl that those guys even showed up and, yeah. you know, they were trying to make her do some bad stuff. So she's having a hard time of it, but it ends up Ashley. She's trying to find her name. She shoplift candy. Candy. Like, it's weird. Saladin Ahmed doesn't want to go too far, like awful, but shoplifting candy. So yeah, Matt I mean, a girl her, her age is like stealing makeup or like electronic stuff, not candy. I mean, cigarettes, cigarettes. Alcohol. I don't know something. <laughs> yeah, like you said, electronics, or candy. <laughs> and I mean, it could come down. She's like, I like candy, and I don't have any money. Uh, you know, she doesn't really say. And Matt kind of assumes she's doing this to test things out. Do these people really care about me? I'm going to do something bad. Everybody ditches me when I'm bad. So let's see. And, and if they're good, and it is that play. I mean, this is kind of a realistic thing. A lot of times is what, you know, some people will do is they will play this because they think that then it's, it's on their deal. Like, Hey, they're going to leave me anyway. So I'm going to do this. And it's, it's my thing to make them leave. And it's that weird play in people's minds, but you do have that, which is okay. But Matt has to leave. Knocking heads to find out about Butch being killed to go then and grab Also says that he also went to The bodega that she Ended up stealing it from and talking to them People like she got a lot of things going On and I understand in the story You're doing this stuff with Ashley and these kids But seriously you have a, One of your best friends he's there being possessed By a demon buying 
trillion dollar cars. I mean, cars that the the damn doors open up vertically. That's mm-hmm. when you know that stuff is expensive. Then you also have a guy who's going to get killed that you were. He, he just left a pile of people in like a, a car garage to go see this girl who was shoplifting candy. So you, you have that. Then on top of it, he knows that that bullseye's involved. So he just goes from Ashley. Hey, don't shoplift anymore, young lady. Runs off to where Butch is going to get killed and finds, you know, bullseye there. Bullseye, yeah. They start fighting in a way that, again, everything just kind of happens. Like, it's just like, oh, man, Bullseye, you're here. Let's fight. And they start fighting. Bullseye then says, I'm going to kill. He gets like a butterfly knife and like, like that crazy deal and throws it down the hallway. And it goes into Butch. It looks like the entire blade goes into his head. Right. To the point where it has to be halfway through his skull. It's in his brain. Into his brain. And Matt's like, oh, see, I stopped you from killing him. And then Bullseye goes, no, you didn't. I don't miss. <laughs> you're, you're not so smart. Maybe this will play out that Bullseye did. I think, did, what's, I think what's going to happen is he's going he's gonna to lose some brain cells. He's going to gain 200 pounds, lose all his hair, and dress in and white suits. he's just going to look like crazy kingpin yeah <laughs> he's just gonna look like his dad just like yeah. like this crazy you know slow kingpin slow fist they'll call him yep the one thing that you do have again because both i can make any sort of thing into a weapon you do have a kind of a neat thing i guess yeah he throws his tooth he gets his tooth knocked out by matt again i think showing that he's a or little more it. violent than usual and then grabs it and flicks it and sets off the fire the fire alarm which then then after that, then with that going on, throws a smoke bomb. He throws a smoke bomb. I'm like, why didn't you <laughs> throw that in the first place? Like you, I, you're doing these out of order. Like I don't know. Maybe he likes it. Maybe he is a guy who probably does like getting teeth knocked out. So I, I can go with it. But he's all about the theatrics, you know. Yeah, yeah. He throws I, again. It's like I can turn everything I have or anything I grab into weapon, including the smoke bomb, which is actually you know kind of a weapon. Just throws it down. As he's Chris angeling his way out of there Because that's when Matt Like he can't really chase down Bullseye because he has to make sure that Butch is okay even though he hates Butch but again he doesn't want anybody I was to thinking die. like yeah he's gonna live but Like what's his quality of life gonna be I mean It's <laughs> if they played this because He had a full This blade is he's a Completely vegetable. in and he is like Like he can't even talk <laughs> So is that what we're gonna get like, I don't Maybe know. we'll have there where not only do we have the house for wayward kids, we're going to end up where Butch now lives in the house with Father Matt and that he's going to have to change his diaper because I think that, you know, Butch is in big trouble here. He's just, or they'll just be like, oh, well, he's fine. Maybe we'll find. Or at least have an eye patch. We, we'll, that's a guarantee. Yeah. It's crap. I mean, seriously. I mean, it's to the point where that knife is embedded so far in that you have even Matt like he doesn't want to remove it. No, you can't. And then he pick he picks up the body and he starts walking through this big, you know, deal, the big mansion there, and people are dead everywhere. Did you not think that the police were going to show up right here, right now, and think that Daredevil ended up killing everybody? Because I did. The, the yeah. idea, but he keeps mentioning, and that's where Solid Nemet is like he's coming up with ways to to fudge things the idea police still haven't shown up that means they're involved i'm like and then says oh the uh locals have scattered you know so that he can now do an exorcism on ben yurk where nobody will know 
Because Ben shows up, and I did say the doors open vertically. They don't on here, but they should. Because he shows up the the way the art is. It looks like he has a mohawk. I thought he had a mohawk. Yeah, it's like a, he's a badass. He's got this crazy, like, he went from the idea of Matt saying, oh, man, you know, don't do this slander. For him to get the souped-up car and get a mohawk, but instead it's the, it's, it's the light. It's the light from across the street. How old do you think he is? It's he's fifty to sixty years old. This, I mean, he's dressing like a twenty-year-old. I mean, he, he I mean, looks like he's in the crowd of Nirvana's Unplugged. It's where yeah. he is right now. I thought he had a mohawk. He also he also has a little like a Norman Osborn hairdo as well. Yep. But it would have been cool if he had that mohawk. He's got it's, a flannel shirt on, rolled up, tight jeans, and boots. He's got it all. I'm sure that somewhere there's a wallet with a chain on it. Yeah, nonsense. And he's like, hey, I like where he comes in. There's Daredevil, who's carrying pretty much Vegetable Butch, is what we think as he comes out. And Ben pulls up on his ride. He pimped everything. And he's like, hey, is that it, buddy? And the weird play is like, is that it, buddy? And suddenly Daredevil says, oh, Ben, you remember me? Like, <laughs> just says, is that it, buddy? So he ends up like, oh, man, what the hell's going on? And he puts Butch down, who still has that thing in his head. He's still got the <laughs> knife there. I mean, it, Butch has just got blood all over him. And again, he sets him down to then finally do this exorcism, which in my mind, it's like one of those things where you don't want to wake somebody up who's sleepwalking. They always tell you that, right? Mm-hmm. You also don't want to exercise a guy who just bought a $500,000 car and (laughs) has no way to really pay for it. Just let him go. Let him ride. Have a good time. But he's like, and this exorcism, it is just like, you know, hey, you know, he that watereth shall be watered also himself. Look at this cross. Shut up, man. Shut up. No. Exorcism. Boom. Done. Ben falls down and he passes out probably when he realizes how much money he spent on that car. Well, I, th- I, th- I think he embezzled it from the Daily uh, And Eagle. I was just going to say, though, the idea that at this point where they're going with all these things and the idea that he's going to be able to uh, get that any sort of money from that Daily Bugle, who he's <laughs> desperate for these clicks. But even then, you end up having envy like, oh, my God, no, no, this was supposed to be my win, mine. I'm so damn jealous of my brothers. They're going to rip you to shreds. Oh, man. Even when he gets out, look at my car, dude. It's like so crazy. But yeah, he exercises them. And it's not as not as dramatic as the Electra one, but you still get it. And Well, because of also, too, it's a different artist. It's not yeah, Aaron Cooter. Yeah, it isn't Aaron Cooter, which was really good. So yeah. you, you do see that maybe he's fallen behind. Maybe still. I mean, her mom, Peralta, does a decent enough job in this. Yeah. The art's pretty good, but it, it's not as good as Cooter's art was. But. Just a weird progression of an issue of things that happen. Like you end up like having this idea of like a checklist of okay, Matt has to do this. He's got to have Ashley, you know, with the shoplifting. He's got to find out about Ben. He's got to fight Bullseye. And they, it's it's progressed in a weird way. Like maybe you should have started with Ashley getting the shoplift. He goes over to talk to Ashley and says, "Hey, I got to go and talk to Ben." Yurik he goes to talk to Ben. And then play it off of that. But when he's in the middle of knocking heads to go do that, to then go right away. I mean, a page later, he is legitimately matrixing it out in this lobby and fighting bullseye. And I had problems saying matrixing mm-hmm. the deal, but it's it's insane. Uh, but what would you give this? It's not horrible. It's kind of funny, but. No, I mean, there's it's some interesting things you notice when you look at it a third time at this point for me. But um, 
I'd give it a seven. It's still yeah, I'd give it a seven. Pretty good. I, I, I seemed like I was being negative, but there's some weird things going on. I kind of want Matt just to get back to being Matt. Well, what you're doing is you're just taking Matt, the lawyer, and making a Matt priest. And he, it's, it's nothing really anything different. It's just for some reason he's not a lawyer anymore. Yeah, because when he came back, he has this new, but he remembers. It's just weird. Yeah, but he's doing the daredevil is the same. It's just the difference is his job. And that really. these demons, and he's a little more, you yeah, know, there's something the, going on he's there. He's a little over the top. He's doing some things, but even then, it's hard. Like him holding people over the deal, but then he says, like, ah, I did this a lot. It's weird. It's a weird play, but he has yeah. seven from me as well. But yeah. with that, we're going to go now. Off to uh, another new number one. Me and Gray are going to be talking about Century. And I'm here with my man, Gray. What up, Gray? Hey, Jim. How's it going? Ah, uh, great. And we have a book that me and you really didn't know much about as it came out. It is The Century. And we also really don't have that much of a background with The Century. So we're jumping into this kind of fresh. We're going to be, you know, Clean slate. Let's see what's going on. Unfortunately, by the end, maybe we don't really get the century. He's kind of out of the picture, and it looks like there's going to be a new century or new centuries. We're not sure yet. It's a weird issue. It's a weird way to jump in, especially for me and you. But I'll tell everybody right now, me and you don't hate this, right? No, not at all. I was looking forward to it because it's, um, as, as I was telling you, it's a character I don't know. I've heard of him, that's all. And it's a number one, Jim. So, yeah, I was on board. Give it a try. Yeah, so when we get through this, it, it is one of those things that if we miss something or somebody, you know, ends up, let us know. Because, again, we're not the most learned of Century readers. I ended up reading the Jeff Lemire Century book, which I really did like. And then, obviously... He gets killed in King and Black. All that's referenced in this issue. But by the end of the issue, it, it is one of those things. Recently, there have been a lot of books, and I've kind of been bitching a lot about, okay, well, why you didn't we bitching? get the main really? character? Really? I'm like, why didn't we get the main character? But by the end of this, and I thought that was what was going on here. But yeah. then by the end, you realize, okay, this actually is how it's progressing. They're going to get a new century at one point. Kind of even by the cover looks like a team. You said it looked like the Shazamly. It looked like the Shazam family, which I'm all for. I think that this yeah. sounds fun, but we'll see by the end. This is the century number one written by Jason Liu, who we just had in that Howard the Duck book that we talked about last week. And we mentioned his name. It's such a weird play. Sometimes that synergy where we did say, okay, well, we'll check out some things by Jason Liu, when the, and then it pops up the next week, Lo and me and you are doing yeah, it. So it actually week. works out, right? And then art by Luigi Zagaria. I'm not really familiar with Luigi. Arthur Hesley on colors and VCs, Joe Caramagna on letters. And really the only little entry deal is you get a little blurb. The century, a man with the power of one million exploding suns. Bob Reynolds possessed the strength to tear reality asunder until he died. But legacies have a way of living on. And that's kind of what this is going to be about. I went in thinking they were just going to make somebody the new century. You almost have maybe a little contest by the end. Not that people want it to be a contest, but one of these guys ends up kind of wanting the power all to himself. But it's a century book. So, of course, we open up with Jessica Jones. And again, that it kind of threw me. 
We have me uh, too. Yeah, we have a bunch of things kind of tying in a bunch of things to Devil's Reign, King and Black. We have all these things going because Jessica, she's reopening, redoing Alias Investigation. She wants to get out there. But people seem to not want to come to her with mysteries because her husband, Luke, is the mayor. It's kind of a little forced deal. I don't know why that would be. When, and when also, you have, she's pretty scary, isn't she, Jim, as well? On her own. Jessica Jones, you don't want to mess with her. So you have her talking to Luke, who's watching Danny. And out of nowhere, I forgot about him from Devil's Reign. Joe, one of the kids of the Purple Man. So, And I completely forgot about that. I will tell you that the art in this is decent enough. But when you see Luke the first time, I think it's Kobe Bryant. And he's a lot thinner than what I thought you you said it was the stress the of watching stress of the kids, kids. watching yeah. the kids yeah I really like Danny and Joe I this Joe the purple man's kid I don't know much about but Jessica obviously does not trust anything purple she probably doesn't even wear anything with purple on it like purple is out she hates prints all of it done so she's like oh and even at one point Danny's acting up, and Luke says it and says, oh, oh, Joe has calmed her down. Jessica right away, what, with mind control? He's like, no, no, calm down with bubbles. Just calm down. Well, Jessica seems bored. And then all of a sudden there's a crash, and oh, my God, now she's not so bored. She can run out, and she does end up saying with that Fisk law, with all of these people not being able to be superheroes, she can go and do that. Even though it still shouldn't, but she doesn't wear a mask, so she's good there. And she's not really doing vigilante stuff. She's going to see if she can save people. There's a building that's just destroyed. And you end up where the police are already there. People are gathered around. It looks like most of the people have been saved. They are not in the building. They somehow got out of the building, but one person might still be in there. And that's this Mallory Gibbs. This girl comes up and says, my roommate, Mallory Gibbs, she's still in there. She has CP. I don't know if she could get out. So they're worried about that. Jessica is going to want to go and save her. And then Misty Knight comes in. And Misty Knight comes in in her ACD, not ACDC, which would be a lot cooler, comes in with the ACD big giant riot truck and announces, I'm Misty Knight from the Aberrant Crimes Division. Everybody clear out. This is our business. So you're getting these side characters again. This is where I was like, I thought this was a century book. I, I, you know, what did you think of this? I point? know how many pages are we in? It's like, okay, there's no sign of the century at all. Yeah, is there any hint of the powers? But yeah, it was good. Actually, enjoy, I enjoyed the um, Jessica Jones parts, Luke Cage, Misty Knight is a character I don't know apart from, from I love the, Misty uh, Knight TV. So yeah, and I like Jessica. I love Luke. I like it. Like, that's the thing. Maybe there's a play here where when you don't get the main character that you think you're getting, if you get some other characters you like, I'm like, okay, I'm cool with that. Now, what ends up happening, why we're not seeing the Sentry is we're going to find out that the Sentry, after dying in King and Black, it seems like his powers, the Void, whatever it may be, has kind of zipped around. And might be granting powers to a bunch of people. It's not just one person, a bunch of people. So when you have Jessica, who she likes a mystery, you end up having Misty, who's from this ACD group. They're going to be trying to track down things. So it makes sense that you're going to get that as kind of not a bookend, but you're going to get that as a way of a point of view to try to figure out and find these sentries. 
But at this point, I still was confused of why we're not getting the sentry. And I just had assumed, oh, man, the sentry came back, crashed into this building, and now we got to go find him, which is kind of true and not true. That was it, wasn't it? That's what we thought was good, had happened, Jim. And um, he's saying that as they're trying to, well, they're investigating this building, this crash, they're picking up this residual energy, aren't they? So it's like, okay, the sentry was here. That's what we're thinking, but no. And they're getting yet. this residual sentry energy. And Misty, and I, I'll tell people that me and you were talking, and I think that they might be a little too subtle with some of the things where Misty just, gra- you know, just says, oh, this is the kind of thing because they think that this Mallory Gibbs, they they find some of her stuff. She's into going on the click clacks. I'm telling you, when they come up with these the click clocks, uh, she was doing like calligraphy stuff, which was helping with her CP. She's also an investigative journalist who's only allowed to do clickbait stuff. So you get a background with her. Some people might think it's a bit extraneous, but it's okay. But it sets up that she does these videos. And they're able to go and find this calligraphy stuff and then, you know, check it for the sentry energy, which it has. But once you hear that, you think, okay, the sentry is busted in. What's going on? Bob Reynolds, all that. But she does mention that there's another kid, Ryan Topper from Columbus, Ohio, that had this residual energy. And it's just kind of named real quick and pushed aside, but it will become important by the end. But like I said, you get this background. With this Mallory Gibbs and suddenly what happened, the sentry didn't show up. She ended up getting some sentry power. She was there. She was, you know, doing her calligraphy and suddenly she ends up seeing what looks like the sentry. You said it looks like He-Man attacking the Hulk. But all of a sudden she sees this vision of the sentry battling what looks like the Hulk. And then, boom, she gets this power and it's out of control. She's busting through. The ceilings and through this building She's the one that ended up Bringing the building down but in the meantime Looks like she saved everybody before It collapsed but that's why She's missing she ends up at one point She's behind in the air like nobody Turns around and sees her Just floating there but she zips Off and we don't know really what Happened to her but you're More than halfway through and It's a mystery you're wondering what is Happening in Misty She's on the case. Jessica kind of worms her way into it and says, I'm going to help too, which seemed kind of forced, but they're going to allow that. And then you even have this Mallory's. I felt bad for Mallory's roommate. They actually like, okay, put her in a cell. I'm like, well, why? Why is she in a cell? But Misty really needs to get to the bottom of this. So Guilt by association, Jim, isn't it? It's like, well, I didn't do anything. You know, I told you about her. And Jessica says, that's not right. Like, you can't do that. We can do whatever we want. Do this whole government type deal. And when you go and see where in this, you know, you're still in this riot, you know, mobile. And you do see a picture behind that's actually this Ryan Topper, but actually just looks like Century. It looks like Bob Reynolds to me. And so I'm like, oh, well, there's that. man. And then you see this Mallory. So they are trying to put this case together with this, quote unquote, Century energy so we're at this point now and we're more than halfway through and then suddenly it changes again and it did throw me off at this point where we are right now where you have misty say all right jessica you can help we'll figure it out we're actually at what would be a normal length of an issue we're about 20 21 pages in so then we just completely go boom and switch to another character Farhad Anand, 
And it just kind of like it felt like this was it, it's not tacked on because we actually get some of the better things here. But it kind of threw me a bit with the pacing. Like, okay, we're figuring. Oh, now there's this other guy. He came from nowhere, didn't he? He almost gets hit. He gets run over by the ACD truck. If you look at that, that's what he first appears. Yeah, and he's he's a bike messenger who looks like he's wearing hip waiter fishing boots. Someone shouting, "I like your boots." Why are they so big? They look like fishing boots. Like, and he, like <laughs> it's weird. Hey, why? And the play of this guy is he says he's a mutant or an inhuman. But that feels weird with what's going on with Orcus and things like that. Even when he mentions, yeah, you know, they chase down the bad mutants. No, they chase down mutants. But hey, you have this play, though, is his mutation seems to be a big nose and big feet. I mean, seriously, if that's a mutation, I better watch out for all of all of Orcus. Like the Sentinels are going to come get me because unfortunately I have a big nose and big feet. So you end up where he said. It doesn't play out in the yard either. He has these like weird rubber boots and his nose is okay. And he's friends with all the other bike messenger courier things and they treat him well until they don't because there's some like this is the weird pacing change. All of a sudden we're at dodgeball night with the couriers, the bike couriers, and they're all laughing, eh? And so when they're playing dodgeball at one point, I thought they messed up the rules, but this one guy says, Hey Farhad. You know, take this, and he catches the ball, which means the guy who throws it is out. But that all that is setting up where he kind of destroys the ball and the entire gym that they're in after he actually sees a vision of the sentry. And it's a crazy flash, isn't it? Yeah, weird flashback. And this or is flash the sentry ripping apart Ares, it looks like, in the siege event. So that is a big play, but it's a big violent play. I thought play. it was some kind of creature, Jim, by what we can see, you know, in the debris of the body. It's, it's, oh my God, what the hell was that? When he sees it, I don't know if it, if it was me. It's a weird play because I think they'd want to show him ripping that ball apart, but they haven't crushed it because ripping a ball apart really isn't a great visual. But he's there and he's blown a, a complete crater. Yeah. Underneath him, that's right. It shows you right now, first off, any grown man who plays dodgeball, they're just going to end up at the flip of a switch. They're going to become haters because it's a weird thing in my mind to play dodgeball as an adult. Like, they're already on the edge, but these guys all start yelling, oh, man, look at that mutant. You told me he he was safe and get him out of here. They turn on him. They do. They turn him really fast, don't they? So much for being friends. Yeah, they weren't any. It, it kind of upset me. What also upset me is the guy who still thinks that breathe rights are a thing. The guy's got it on his nose. I'm like, come on, dude. So <laughs> they end up where he's hearing all this. He's, even then, I'm looking like you see the best shot of that nose. Yeah, it's just, I mean, was Jimmy Durante? A mutant? I don't know. Got a big schnoz. That's a that's a reference for like not even old people. That's one for dead people. But I'm trying to think of one, but I can't get one. Look at him. There's no, Jimmy no. Durante. Hey, mm. you got Barbara Streisand. I don't know. You end up where he freaks out. Oh no! And he runs off because everybody's you know yelling at him. He runs off. Almost gets hit by a bunch of cars. Seems to run into Central Park, where he's greeted by the guy who we saw earlier told about Ryan Topper. Who ends up saying, hey, buddy, what's going on? And seems to be able to sense that Farhad has the sentry power and says, hey, yeah. you, you kind of got the power. And there's a little joke of you got the power of the, the greatest, strongest Avenger. And you have this Farhad go, what, Thor? 
Thor, no, we have the power of Sentry, so I'm going to attack you in a way that he kind of seems to know that he could steal the power from Farhad. He wants to get all the power. We already saw this Mallory. So the villain set up, it's kind of, I guess, kind of clever. Who would be the villain in all this? How does he know what the powers are, Jim? You know, what he has, it's weird. Has he been experimenting with them? We get no background, do we, for this guy He seemed to be the first guy to get it, so he could have, but he's just a teenager, they said, but he's attacking now. Here's what I don't get, and I wish the thing, because me and you, again, we don't really know the century. So when he says, we all got the power of the century, and... I'm sure you saw, he says, I'm sure you saw something from the centuries past when you got the power activated. We know he saw Ares being killed by Sentry in Siege. He says this, Ryan says, I saw the Sentry fighting Hulk. That also seems what Mallory saw. Maybe you could have mixed it up a bit if that's the case. But again, where do you get the idea that you can grab somebody else's power? And we don't really know or say the powers of Sentry. So when they start fighting, because they are just attacking, Farhad's reacting, he's attacking, I can't sit there and say, oh, Farhad has this and this of the power set, this Ryan has this and this, which that leads this formality. It just is random blasts. And you, you do have then you do have Ryan, he's doing, you know, some attacks, he's blasting from his hands, and it does look like Farhad is giving like almost like a heat vision type deal. But still, I don't know enough, and I wish it was spelled out more. I wish that you ended up maybe Ryan, who seems to know what's going on. You know, he's the one who maybe did research on Sentry. And maybe he could have said, oh, I see you got this power. I want that. And I wonder who has the others and whatnot. It it would have been a way to explain it a little more. But it's okay. I mean, you get a big fight, and you finally do at that point. You do see monstrosity foot, but it looks like one foot. You know what I mean? It looks like just his one leg and foot are really, really huge. It's like, you know, the joke where when you hit teenage years, your one forearm as a boy gets a lot bigger for reasons that we won't discuss. But it looks a bit like Rita Farr, Jim, from the Doom Patrol, from the TV version. It's like, wow. It also reminds me full off of The Simpsons when he's in Australia and they call for the boot. The one guy's there with the boot come in. That's Farhad. But yeah, he's and he's able to take some of the blasts and things like that. But then finally, after, you know, looks like it's kind of back and forth. Yeah, it looks pretty level, doesn't it? Start with. Yeah. Yeah. And this Ryan ends up saying then, hey, and at one point you do get giant foot attack, too. I want to point that out. Pretty cool. But at one point, this Ryan says, hey, I, I kind of know how to fight dirty. And yeah. completely rips off the arm <laughs> of Farhad. And I'm like, oh no, like, what does this do? What does this mean? And then he ends up saying, thank you for donating to the Ryan Topper's new Century Fund. I'm feeling so much stronger now and seems to be able to grab the power mm-hmm. from Farhad. Okay. I don't know how, why, but he does it. He's powering up, but he's definitely the villain. And then, of course, the other person that we saw, Mallory. Oh, what's up with her? She flew off. Well, it looks like she went to the fetal position on the moon because she's afraid of hurting people and and seems to think that she did really hurt some people. But when she says, oh, no, this is the only way no one else gets hurt, you see some other characters, and I'm not so sure that they aren't 
the uh, it's weird. Are they, they being the set up as the other? Yeah, the, the the Shazam family, the the Sentry family team. Yeah, and I don't know because I don't know enough of what we saw with the characters already no. in this book. I don't recognize these guys. You have one guy who looks like he's got a Britney Spears mic and possibly a Luffy hat doing his deal. You oh, have yeah. uh, what looks like a waitress, and then you have somebody typing, which I thought might be her, but it doesn't look like it, so I'm not sure. But as you said earlier, it did look like we might that now the cover might be deceiving the way it's playing, but isn't there five people on the cover? There are, and, yeah. Yeah, well, there's five, so you would figure, why then do we have, like, if these three or other people, that kind of makes six overall. So I, I don't know. It doesn't add up, Jim, does it? No, it doesn't. Unless they're, they're, not, they're not counting, is it far out? Maybe he's gone already because he was, uh, well, yeah, no maybe. spoilers. But. Maybe when somebody gets the power of somebody else, I don't know. We'll have to see. So as yeah. a as a comic book uh, that I want to learn more about the century, this doesn't really do that. But as a story with characters that I like, like Misty and Jessica, even Luke, uh, maybe a little Danny. I doubt we'll get any more Danny, but I do love Danny. But and characters that maybe seem interesting uh, and a new kind of way of how we're going to get a new century. I think it, it's okay. It's not bad. I wish it was more giving me information about Sentry, so I knew more about that. But it kind of seems to be this mystery setup, so I understand why they're doing this. And the art's okay. It is confusing it a bit with the people, but I think it's just because I don't really know the people. But it's okay. That's about the best I could say. It's not great. It's not horrible. It's okay. What What do you think? I'm the same. Yeah, um, it was. It was all right. It was decent. I enjoyed the mystery side of it, like you were saying. When we didn't really know what was going on, but I liked the uh, the fighting between them all. The excitement of like, you know, who is who has got the Sentry's powers? Where is the Sentry? Well, I wanted a little bit more of the setup. Maybe I wanted to know a bit more of the Sentry's powers because coming into the character as a new, basically a new reader, I was a little bit lost. So, yeah, it's kind of an average score for me, Jim. I'm just going to go for a six, six out of ten. See, when we started, I said, and, you know, I said, I kind of have this feeling of like a seven. I'm going to go down to a six, five. Six, five. Okay. It's it's decent enough. It sets up something that I'm not, I wasn't angry by the end. I was actually, okay, that's cool. Let's see. And I actually, by the end, I will admit that I'm kind of like, yeah, I want to see what happens here. I want to see how this works out. And like I said, some the, the characters on the side, the characters that aren't Sentry, I do really like. So I, I like seeing them and go through them to try to figure out this mystery. It's kind of a cool deal. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. We'll see. And, and again, is this Farhad, is he dead? Or is he just now a guy with a missing arm bleeding out without the powers of the Sentry? I don't know. Because just the, it just seems odd. It seems weird. seems like we're gonna have to try to, you know, figure things out and see how it goes, but we'll see as we go forward because we'll keep doing this. But yeah, thanks for joining me as always. And that is that for the show. So I'm gonna go off to go. I didn't set things up. I always like having you go through what we're doing the next week, and I completely forgot to set it up. So I'm gonna have to probably do that in just a moment. But again, thanks for joining me, Greg. And no we'll go on to that. And I'm actually going to have Matt join me for the books that we may talk about next week. We talk about a bunch of books. We mentioned some. If it works out, we talk about them all. That's fine. But these are what we're going to pick from. 
we got the immortal Thor number five. Me and yep. Matt, we talk about that. Mm-hmm. And I hope that this issue, I people really, and I don't think we talked about the last issue. I think we, again, ran out of time at the point, which yeah. I liked it enough. You had some wow moments, and it was weird because I saw some people really thought it was great. And then other people keep, there's a lot of people who really like want, so like they're like, I, I want to, I don't want to call them gatekeepers. They're like caretakers that any little thing that skews like the mythology and mythos of Thor, they get so over the top angry. But we ended up having kind of that team Thor mm-hmm. kind of come core. in. Yeah, the Thor core, actually, that is the deal. And you had like Beta Ray Bill, you got Storm. So I thought it was pretty cool. But I remember, I think it was that, I think there was a doctor's appointment that I ended up getting caught up in with my wife. So yeah, that last issue was pretty talk. good. Yeah, we didn't talk about yeah, it. Yeah, we but. didn't talk about it. Now I, I realized because we were enjoying the Thor book, but issue three, we were a little bit like, oh, come on, let's go. And then I think that issue four, the last one kind of hit pretty good. So mm-hmm. we'll be talking about issue number five. Then we also have Blade number six, which I thought, was coming out this week but it's going to come out next week and that's something that me and gray talk about and then we get heavy heavy into gang war miles morales spider-man number 13 cody ziggler it will be one of the few issues that i've read of his miles morales i had a lot of people telling me i should read it every time i tried i did not enjoy it but it's gang war so we'll go in and maybe he'll impress me enough that i'll go back and read everything and we'll continue on with that i doubt it not my guy, but we'll see. We also have Captain America number four, a book that it, it's not really hitting with us just yet, but we'll see if this one does it. But then back to Gang War. Daredevil Gang War number one of four. I'm assuming it has Electra since we saw her in the ASM this week. We have Dare, uh, Luke Cage. I almost said Daredevil again. We have Luke Cage Gang War 204. Seems very quick to get back to that. Yeah, it was just last week, and that's, uh, that's Steel number two, right? I mean, the. <laughs> Shaq. <laughs> yeah, Shaq. And we'll see if that, like, it's weird. Again, I was going to bring it up even in this one. Like, there's Luke who says, oh, damn everything. I'm going to break the Fisk Law. I'm going to go out and get my Shaq steel outfit and go out. But then he's like, not that in the end. Like, he's just Mayor Luke in yeah, the other. St- it's, you know, it's weird the way that they're playing it out. We have uh, Punisher number two. That was a book that I didn't really love the first issue because it really was, hey, we're not going to have Frank Castle. We'll just have a guy that pretty much does everything that Frank Castle didn't be amazed that people see this glowing Punisher armor and thinks Punisher. But we'll see if that gets better. We have Spider-Gwen Smash, one of four. We'll see if we get to that. And then White Widow, number two of four. I, again, the first issue was okay. I don't think you like that great. one too much. It wasn't yeah. great. It was... It was a weird play. It's kind of a goofy book, White Widow hanging out in suburbia sort of thing. So remember, she was drinking a lot. She oh, was yeah. a real yeah, drunk. <laughs> I remember, I, I, even the video that I made of our review, I ended up where it's just like all the scenes of her drinking. That's all she did. But we'll see. Maybe it'll be fun. But I, I think that I talked with Gray about yeah, that I think one it was as Gray, well. Yeah. So it'll probably be me and Gray will probably be talking Blade and White Widow. Uh, I know I talked uh, the Punisher with Zach and the manual will grab all the rest of those. We'll have a bunch of things to talk about. Hopefully we'll get to all of those. But that is it. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Thanks for joining me, Matt, as well as at the ending here, because I wasn't prepared. 
for Gray to join me, so it's not any sort of diss or anything, so we're here. But if you like what you hear, you can go over to Twitter at Weird Science DC. Follow us, we'll follow you back. Head over to our YouTube channel, which is Weird Science Comics, and then check out our Patreon, patreon.com slash weird science where there's exclusive early access all of that stuff in fact for the most part i kind of am trying to get it so that the marvel podcast you're listening to right now is early access like three or four days so you can get it right the day wednesday when the comics come out so we're going to try to keep that going also Mm -hmm. i should mention you could read sus gabe's reviews if you go over to our marvel site that is marvel uh it's weird science MarvelComics.com. It's all in the show notes. Check that out. You'll know more than me. But that is that. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, Matt, once again. And we'll talk to you all later. You are all weirdos. Weird science is the revolution. Weird science is the revolution.